Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. They are number one on Forbes' 100 largest U.S. charities 2018 list. And between its network of roughly 1,300 local affiliates and billions in donations, they are building and developing communities every single day. I'm speaking, of course, about United Way Worldwide, and I'm so thrilled to have their chief marketing officer, Lisa Bowman, as our featured guest today. As a self-professed communitarian, Lisa is leading the charge when it comes to telling the stories of the roughly 3 million volunteers, 10 million donors, and over 60 million individuals served by United Way's efforts each year. And I'm so excited to have you listen in today as Lisa dives more deeply into that. The conversation you're about to hear spans a number of topics, which I'll briefly summarize here. For example, Lisa's relationship with United Way, which began before her formal tenure, the similarities and differences between branding and messaging when it comes to not-for-profit versus for-profit organizations, and we dive into both, the way in which United Way captures and amplifies the millions of stories created and told every single day of those both contributing and benefiting from United Way services, including one which I personally believe to be the most powerful story on this podcast yet, so stay tuned for that. The way in which capturing and amplifying these authentic stories assists development efforts when it comes to growing the volunteer and donor network. The way United Way leverages corporate partners and donated media to further its message. And finally, some of the newest ways in which we can help United Way's mission in 2019 and beyond. From the broadest of efforts in which millions are served, all the way down to the most individual stories, including the featured one today about a man named Dion, it is clear that by following Lisa's example, we can all learn how to become a little more communitarian in our own lives. So without further ado, I encourage you to settle in and learn a little more about building community with United Way's Chief Marketing Officer, Lisa Bowman. Okay, I'm so glad to be joined today on Authentic Influence by Lisa Bowman from United Way. How are you, Lisa? I am well, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to uh, to hear from you today. Lots of uh, lots of great things I, I'd love for us to talk about. Lots of current efforts. I know, given uh, given a couple situations that we're going through right now, that United Way is helping with a lot. But um, but overall, the efforts to the community and uh, I'm I'm sure some of the messaging and storytelling around that is really really important. I want to kick off the first question with something that I saw first on your LinkedIn, but I was hoping for an explanation directly of you from what it means. But you are a self-professed communitarian. And I actually haven't heard that word too often. Uh, what, what, what does being a communitarian mean to you? Perhaps what is it? Well, let's start with, with, with how do you define that? Thanks. Great question. I actually would love to take credit for making up the word, but I can't. It's something I tripped across. And to me, it was such a, well, it was originally used in a little bit of a different context. I really adapted it for my purposes. Because I really think it describes so very well what I do and what communitarianism, and yes, I did make that word up, is really about it. it to me, it's about engaging in your communities. And communities aren't just your traditional geographic community, the place where you live these days, right? We can have geographic communities. You can have demographic communities. We can have communities of interest or communities of influence. Uh, you could be looking at a community that is around your cause or your passion and full of other people like you. But it's about engaging in those communities, however you define them, to contribute and make your community a better place. Um, 
you know, when I think about the definition of communities and doing that, a really simple and basic example of that, quite frankly, would be Wikipedia. The people that contribute to it are communitarians, right? They're all giving a little something to piece of knowledge to make the community a better place for those that use it. But if you run a 5K for a cause or maybe you spend some time on a Saturday and volunteering at a homeless shelter or mentoring someone, you're a communitarian. It's, it's the notion of each of us doing our part to improve the whole because I don't think that we can count today on traditional institutions to necessarily solve all of the societal problems that we're facing. So we each need to lean in and do whatever we can. That's, uh, that's an incredibly... Uh... Well, it's an important point that you make and a true one. And it has me wondering, how can we aspire to become communitarians ourselves? But seems like it's 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 pretty easy. Everybody just chip in a little bit. And uh, and of course, United Way is is no stranger to that. But um, yeah, when did you come up with communitarians? You got the trademark on that? How's that working? (laughs) You know, I wish I did. I'm sure there's a whole bunch I could do with it. Uh, I actually don't. It it evolved from a marketing conversation that I had with somebody right around the time that I actually joined United Way. And I thought, what a great word and how I needed to leverage that and sort of adapt that to blend for me um, what is the most awesome job because I get to blend what I do as a marketer with a bigger sense of purpose in terms of using my marketing skills to affect change in our communities. Um, and that, to me, is, is right at the heart of what a communitarian does. And let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the efforts with United Way, because I know you've seen it from a couple of different angles. I know coming in to 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 your current position at United Way uh, was, was a bit of a warm one, uh, that you were starting via a partnership effort when you were down at UPS. And, and is that what you mean when, when you... Uh, when you had this sort of conversation, was that during that part of your tenure or was that the current tenure? And either way, I suppose, uh, would love to just hear a little bit about what caused the transition directly into United Way. What inspired you to join the cause directly? Great question. Thanks. So the communitarian conversation happened right when I got to United Way. But to your earlier point in your question, I did, in fact, join United Way about three and a half years ago from UPS. I was very, very fortunate. I had a career at UPS for 16 years, um, 12 of which were in marketing. And the last four years, I had a really phenomenal opportunity to take on a role in the UPS Foundation, which is the philanthropic and corporate citizenship arm of UPS. And Within that role, I had responsibility for not only the marketing and communications of the foundation, but I also managed a social investment portfolio, which held the diversity investments that we made, as well as the United Way campaign. UPS and United Way go way, way back um, to the early 80s, and UPS was for many years the top giver. To United Way, it was, in fact, the first company to ever hit a billion dollars And yeah, that's billion with a B, um, billion dollars of giving to United Way. And largely that money comes from the pockets of the UPS employees, its employee contributions. So through the work that I was doing in the foundation with United Way, I really fell into a great opportunity uh, to come join United Way. And as I said, be able to use my skills as a marketer for a little bit of a bigger purpose. And it's been a great change, um, but it's a change. I mean, going from the private sector to the nonprofit sector, 
is uh, it's different. And I, I get asked a lot because of that transition. Oh, this must have been easy. And, you know, you went from UPS to United Way. So what's the same and what's different? And as I look at that, there's there's a lot of similarities, right? They both start with a U. Um, right. Both are global. Uh, you know, if it's helpful not getting them mixed up, right? I know who I work for. It's either United Parcel or United Way. Um, both have a revenue number that starts with a five and ends with a B. It's just that UPS is just a little bigger than ours. Right. Um, but in all seriousness, the, uh, you know, nonprofits are, we're businesses and we seek to achieve a social return on investment versus the traditional financial metrics that a, a private sector business would look at. Um, we have stakeholders versus shareholders. And I think the other thing that people are starting to realize is that we're in a an increasingly competitive, crowded in space. If I think about it, we've got several sectors of industry, private sectors, that are faced with new competitive pressure from, let's say, an Amazon, um, who's getting into new and different businesses. And that's true with the nonprofit sector, too. If we think about competition and competitive pressure here... It's not just the traditional nonprofits. It's not us plus the other health and human services or arts and culture or animals or environmental. Um, there's there's new people that are competing for share of wallet, like GoFundMe, for example, sure. which allows anyone to be a fundraiser for a cause. So I, you know, I think that um, it's really important from a a business perspective to be able to show that return on investment uh, to those that choose to send money or donate of their time, which is also a precious commodity, and be able to help people understand the difference they're making. It, it has that. That's a perfect segue because I'm I'm curious. It you know of course nonprofits are, are a business. There is competition, and it, it has me wondering when it comes to looking at a, a return on any investment that you make. How similar is that mission, uh, or, or maybe the, the the storytelling or the branding efforts behind it? When, and and maybe I'm a little naive here, but thinking that the key metric is is impact on the people that you serve, versus an impact on a on a profit on a bottom line. Um, what are some of the uh, what are some of the intricacies there? Well, I think that some of them um, are easier to measure than others, right? When you look at your traditional financial metrics. Numbers don't lie. They they tell a very accurate story. Our numbers also tell a very accurate story. For example, I can talk about the fact that we serve roughly 61 million people a year. Um, I know that we've got 3 million volunteers that help us to do the critically important work that we do. We've got approximately 10 million donors who invest in and support the causes and the problems that we're trying to solve. Getting those frontline stories, though, and be able to do some of that storytelling, sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, if I were to draw a comparison, it's really easy in the private sector to create a white paper or draft a business case about going back to UPS, how we've improved somebody's supply chain, and that's yielded increased productivity or efficiencies or reduce the need for a call center or whatever it happens to be. On the nonprofit side, there are so often times when the person that we are helping is essentially nameless and faceless to us. 
We know the cause that we're solving. We know how the money is invested into the community. Often getting those personal frontline stories is really, really challenging. Um, It could be for privacy reasons with somebody who's in need of help. Um, It could be that somebody is just not willing to share that story or that, honestly, because we're not a direct service agency, we don't actually have that frontline interaction with the person whom we're servicing. That's a really interesting uh, way to think about it because uh, when I hear those numbers, I mean, these are millions and millions and millions of people, whether or not they are being a direct beneficiary of, of the service that United Way provides. Perhaps they're on the volunteer side, perhaps they're on the donor side. I have to imagine that somewhere out there, there are many, many, many stories to be told and, and shared of how, of how United Way is helping. But that is an interesting point because sometimes people would, would rather not have their story shared, even if the content of that story is wholesome or, or the message of that story is, you know, look how we're helping people out. It does have me wondering, though, of those stories that you have been able to capture or those stories that you that you are creating every day that you're able to to perhaps talk about would have been some of your favorites, uh, would have been some some really standout stories of, of ways that people have been impacted, perhaps ones that they are that they're comfortable sharing themselves too. Well, you know, I think that there are a number of them that come to mind, right? Because all of them are feel-good stories. Clearly, when you're helping somebody and solving a problem or putting somebody on a path to having a better tomorrow, that's always a feel-good story. If I had to pick one thing that really, really stands out to me, um, it's a a specific interaction that I had with a gentleman by the name of Dion. Um, We were in uh, South Florida shooting one of our TV commercials known as public service announcements. And these are really important because they are the storytelling of the work that United Way does. And one of the things that's very unique about United Way is that we rely exclusively on donated media. So anything you see on TV from us or here on the radio, that's not purchased airtime. Um, That is donated media that's been provided to us by that network to allow us to tell the story. So it's really critical that we've got a high-quality product that's authentic and credible. And I say that because as we were doing our setup, um, it was early in the morning. It was, as I said, in South Florida in January. Um, I headed down there expecting that, you know, it was going to be 80 degrees and beautiful. But it was a chilly day. It was in the early 50s, which for South Florida is cold. And as we were doing the setup, I noticed that there was this really large pile of trash leaned up against a fence that was going to be in the shot. And I walked over to take a look at it to see if it was possible to move it or what we would need to do to sort of get that out of the framing that we were doing. And as I walked over there, I realized that there was a hand sticking out from underneath the pile of trash. Um, My first thought was that, unfortunately, I had just found the body. Um, We were in a a fairly bad neighborhood um, that was kind of desolate at that time of the morning. And as I stood there debating what I was going to do, the hand started to move, which of course completely freaked me out. And I had the realization that there was a person under there who was huddled underneath trash bags and newspapers and quite frankly, garbage, just trying to stay warm. Um, I began to speak to the gentleman, and and this gentleman's name is Dion, and 
as Dion and I talked and I explained to him that I was with United Way and the work that we did and, and why we were on that street that day and what we were doing, um, I, I asked Dion if he would share his story with me and why he was on the street. And Dion began to explain to me that some time ago, uh, he had a job and he had an apartment and everything was fine. Um, he was in a car accident uh, with a couple members of his family and another vehicle. Uh, unclear who was driving or what the circumstances were, but he was the only person that survived the car accident. Combination of a few situations, I think some psychological issues, perhaps survivor's guilt and some mounting medical bills that his insurance didn't cover in full. Fast forward, he lost his apartment, um, lost his job, and ended up on the street. And for me, as I listened to his story, it really struck me um, deep down because how many of us could be in that same situation? It's not a situation that's that far removed, quite frankly, from the realm of possibility of anybody. And as I started to process that, I had this epiphany that Dion really is the person for whom United Way fights every day. And here he was standing in front of me. And as I had that moment, I explained again to Dion what we were doing. And I said, Dion, I, I'd like you to be in our commercial. Um, I, you know, you are, in fact, the face of the person that we serve. And would you do that for me? And he looked at me and he said, yes, I can do that. And Dion is in our, our TV commercials. Um, I, it was very important to me. Because there was a reason, call it fate, call it luck of the universe, whatever it was. Um, but that morning, the universe tapped me on the shoulder and put Dion in front of me because it was, it was that woke moment for me, right? That this is, in fact, the person that we serve. And it was really important to me that we leverage him and leverage his story because it's about credibility and authenticity. And I can't imagine being able to find or portray somebody more credible or authentic than the person that was living that and dealing with that right there in front of me. Wow. That, that's a beautiful story. And, um, yeah, whatever it was that drew uh, the two of you together, um, you know, certainly ends in a, in a, in a beautiful moment, um, a beautiful result, and surely something I, I couldn't imagine something which is more authentic, um, you know, spontaneous, real. I, I will tell you, I've got, uh, I've got a picture of Dion, a framed picture of the two of us sitting on my desk, and that is my, that's my, my ground zero or my north star. I look at that picture every day. It reminds me of why I come to work of why I do the work that I do, of why I work where I do. It's that, that thing for me that when I'm having a moment um, or I think I'm having a bad day, I just have to look at that and realize that my bad day really isn't such a bad day. I have problems that can be solved. Other people don't. Right. There are so many, uh, there are so many times when you can ask yourself, you know, uh, you know, this could be this could be worse, right? And I can manage, and you can become resilient. And I, and I've heard that from from so many inspiring leaders. You know how how to be resilient specifically. And you know, of course, stories like this um, really put that into perspective for you, uh, for me, for anyone. 
I suppose then it, it needs no response when, when thinking about how important is it to collect and amplify these stories that you hear about, you know, when talking about United Way's impact. Let me ask you how you believe that these efforts and finding these stories and, and specifically amplifying them, because this was a really poignant moment, a wonderful moment that that you were able to to harness into this incredible message that was amplified all over the place. How, how do you believe that assi- that efforts like that assist your your other development efforts when it comes to building the volunteer network, building the donor network? Um, I, I would assume it's critical, but I'd love to hear your take. I, I and that's a great framing for a question. And I, to me, it is really, really critical that you have to frame those stories, you have to amplify them, because part of what I realized through some research when I first got here was that we weren't doing a great job of showing the work that we do. We were doing a great job of promoting United Way's brand, but there was a declining awareness of what United Way did. We're not a single issue cause-driven organization. We're not saving abused animals or curing cancer. So the foundational work that we do, the fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community is somewhat ambiguous. And I think the key learning that we hit on was that we really had to show that. And so the creative work that we launched in that shoot when I met Dion was really intended to show the problems that we address and amplify the stories of what people are facing, but then at the end, bring that back to a solution and position the work that United Way does and how we help solve those problems and the wins that we achieve for the people for whom we fight. Being able to tell that story, weave that narrative, and show the outcome is super important because it helps people to understand what the investment is that they're making. It's not just about giving money, right? We need the money to do the work that we do, no question, but it's a means to an end because essentially when you give that money, it's not just about making the donation. It's about changing lives. And that's the commitment that you're making with your investment. And what's so cool is that with social and digital today, each of us as individuals have this awesome and cool opportunity to be both the author and the subject of our stories and being able to tell those stories and the story of impact, both at the aggregate level and at the individual level is really key. It's compelling. People want to know that they're helping and they need to know that they can make a difference. Like I said earlier, it's if we take that notion of communitarianism, the only way that things get fixed, that society gets better, that communities get stronger is if each of us leans in and does our individual part to make that happen. If we sit back and rely on the next person to do it or traditional institutions to do it, same old, same old. Um, if nothing changes, nothing changes. It's a great message to to encourage action in the now. You know, why not you? Uh, why, why wait on it? And, you know, it certainly is not something that can be waited upon. And I'm sure that that uh, further compels anybody considering donating, volunteering to to assist and grow the efforts that uh, that United Way is leading. Is it similar, would you say, uh, that compulsion when it comes to developing efforts with 
uh, partnerships that you have maybe with more traditional institutions that are also uh, that are also donating things like could be funds I, I heard you talk about donated media earlier I uh, would love to hear a little bit about how you thrive within that um, would you say it's similar in, in, in how you compel those sorts of folks to to help amplify your efforts and the stories that you tell absolutely I, you know Corporations are entities, but companies are made up of people. And I think that with the generational shift that's taking place in the workforce today, companies are more compelled than ever to take a stand on social issues and want to do the right thing. Um, You know, I think of the example of Nike taking a very bold move um, to take a stand on a social issue. Other companies have stood up to do it. So there's kind of two things. There's the notion of the company being a good corporate citizen, if you will, and addressing issues and helping to do that because it's the right thing to do, but it's also good for business. There's the notion of the company facilitating opportunities for their people to do it, just as our corporate partners do. We work with over 60,000 companies, including more than half of the Fortune 50. And their employees each have their own stories about why they give to United Way, why they volunteer with United Way. Um, One of the things that I realized when I was at UPS running the United Way campaign is that the stories were truly everywhere. Um, There was a year that I ran the campaign where we really focused our internal storytelling on calling out those employees of UPS who had actually been beneficiaries and clients of United Way and used the services. And it was a pretty risky thing to do because there's a pride issue. Sometimes people don't want to admit that they need help or they've had to use a service, but the services really ran the whole spectrum. There were some that were extremely benign. Maybe somebody used a United Way funded daycare center Um, all the way through to some really gut wrenching stories that people came forward and shared. And so that helped our employees to understand that United Way wasn't just for nameless, faceless people that they were never going to meet. It could be somebody on the other side of your cube wall that used United Way and that all of us have a responsibility to pitch in and try and make things better, not just because UPS wanted us to do it and and supported United Way, but that UPS supported United Way because it was the right thing to do for our communities and invited all of us as employees into that process so that we each were provided the opportunity to do our individual piece and part. Absolutely. And uh, pulling together those those stories, and sure, uh, albeit potentially a risky thing to do, but I'm sure has, has, has netted some amazing um, successes. And, and of course, you're right, you know, it could be uh, something which is, you know, very, very, very serious and, and very, uh, you know, something which somebody might not want to talk about as a result of their pride or whatever, or it could be something which is much lighter than that. And of all of the ways which United Way is helping folks today, I'm curious now, because after hearing all of these stories, I'm sure it would compel anybody listening to this to action. What are some of the, 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 the newest ways in which we can help? Uh, United Way's mission, maybe through the year, maybe um, as a result of something recent. I'm curious to to uh, to get your take on that and and learn about what is what's happening in the now, so that we can act in the now. 
Well, I think that's a, a really simple answer um, to probably what's a more complicated question than it seems. But honestly, the, the biggest way to help is pretty simple, right? It's join the fight. Get involved with your local United Way. Um, there are a tremendous amount of opportunities to get involved, and getting involved doesn't always mean making a financial contribution. Like I said, we definitely need the funding to do the work that we need to do. It's a means to an end, but everybody has got something to bring to the table. You may have time. You may have talent. Um, you may have other things that you're bringing to the table, and we need people. You know, change only happens, as I said, when we come together, and it sort of needs to start from the middle today and work its way out because it's not coming out from the traditional places to solve problems. Um, but would I want my, if I look into my magic eight ball that's sitting at my desk, um, you know, my vision is really that we are able to leverage the global scale of United Way and our expertise and our knowledge of what's happening on the ground in each community to create an army of citizen philanthropists who are really committed to change their community because that's the only way we fix things. Well, for the millions of folks who are who are helped and who help uh, these efforts, uh, Lisa, thank you for leading the charge here in terms of amplifying these stories and, and, and in part creating them. Um, like I said, folks, uh, please go do check these out. These are incredible causes and uh, everything that United Way is doing. And in terms of uh, talking on our, our show on Authentic Influence today, Lisa, I can't thank you enough for, for that incredibly powerful story and for your insight. Adam, thank you for the opportunity to share the story. You just did your part and became a communitarian. So thank you. Thank you so much once again to Lisa Bowman for joining our show today. I really, really loved that story about Dion. And I hope you, the listeners, enjoyed our conversation as well. And hopefully you can join the cause as United Way continues to serve millions each and every year. If you liked hearing the story today and would like to hear more about how marketing chiefs around the world are becoming more authentic and powerful in their storytelling, I encourage you to stay subscribed to this show wherever you listen. Leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think, how you think we can improve, and who we should be speaking with next. We really love that feedback. We'll be back again in two weeks' time with another world leader to tackle this fascinating question of how to build authentic influence in storytelling and marketing today. Until then, I've been your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much once again for listening into our conversation today, and you'll be hearing from me again next time.